Hey guys, welcome back to the Yolk Christian Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm here with my uh, co-host here, Codus. What's going on? It's going pretty good, man. It's a typical day, uh, you know, work and, and, and I guess now play, right? But oh, yeah. uh, today's an interesting day. So we've got another uh, guest on here. Uh, Loki, you want to tell us about yourself? Uh, my name is Loki and I'm from Pennsylvania. And I mm-hmm. like Good deal. So... Loki, uh, how did you, uh, I guess I, I found your TikTok and that's kind of how I found you. And then I messaged you on Instagram. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got started uh, with a TikTok. And then I want to talk a little bit about your faith. Um, well, I originally started making TikToks in 2018. Okay. When uh, I just, I was just making them for fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, I kind of blew up a, a few times. Part like Yeah. That times and then i kind of let it go and then i got back on and then um i started to see like people spreading the gospel on tiktok and then i, I love god i want to spread the gospel this is a way for me to spread the gospel to people so i started i love that TikTok. yeah that's exactly what i did man that's so cool and, and the way that you were able to recognize you know the the platform that tiktok is for the christian faith you know just being able to share the gospel mm-hmm. like that yeah. Um, it's awesome. So, uh, so I, I mean, you saw the opportunity to, to, to preach the gospel at that point. So, uh, how old were you when you got saved? Um, when I first got saved, I was, I don't remember exactly the age, but I, I might've been in elementary school. Okay. Uh, yeah. I've Good known, deal. I've known Jesus my whole life. So my family's been going to church so, uh, since I was born. Good um, deal. I'm, I'm right there with you. My dad was a pastor. So yeah. I, I grew up in church, and I was pastor the little, kid. Exactly. No, I was <laughs> I was the hoodlum pastor kid too. I'm telling you. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, I was running around and tearing stuff up all the time, and being <laughs> somebody called me Dennis the Menace at one point, <laughs> and that became my nickname. So little blonde kid with you know causing trouble. But <laughs> so um, okay, cool. So you were raised in church, and you uh, you've kind of known Jesus your whole life, and um, yeah. so at what point do you, would you say that you got saved, or what brought you to the faith? Um, I would say, um, I've, I've, I've known Jesus my whole life, but I've never really got it, like, like walked in his faith mm-hmm. until maybe about last year. No, this year. Yeah. Because, um, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I haven't really had to go against any. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think you're cutting out, man. We can't hear you now. Oh, you know what happened? You can probably you, can you oh. hear me now? Oh, yep, yep. Okay. There we go. Um, I never really like under like walked in his faith and like mm-hmm. really tried to follow all his laws until this year because I gotcha. never really had to um face anything. Uh, because my dad always fought all my spiritual warfare battles, and Ooh. I was just like, "Well, I'm good." So yeah, and I kind of talked I, about. Yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I kind of talked about a little bit like that, like inherited faith on the faith episode. I kind of, sort of briefly mentioned that kind of thing right there. Mm-hmm. That, that's pointer outer. Yeah, that's a really interesting concept. Um, I know. So I'm in the same boat as you. Obviously, that you know, my dad raised me in a good household, and he was, you know, a good biblical father. So. He uh, was the protector and provider and stuff like that. And, um, and so, 
you know, I, I guess it's just kind of interesting because a lot of people, and I imagine you're in the same boat as I am, but we feel loved by our parents growing up. And so because we feel love, we don't necessarily feel the need for a savior. And so we just kind of coast through life and uh-huh. then it, something has to happen or we have to, you know, wisen up for us to be able to realize that we need, you know, Jesus into it here to the Bible. So uh, I completely understand that. Um, and, and if at any point that we ask you a question that you don't necessarily want to answer, by all means, just be like, pass. Okay. So yeah. uh, <laughs> We don't so, want you uncomfortable. We want you to have fun. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, was there, uh, I guess you said about a year ago, was something that happened about a year ago for well, you to I'm, kind of, it, it's actually, it was actually this year. Cause, mm-hmm. um, so my dad taught me and he's told me that I'll have to face spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. But since I grew, grew up in his household, I never really had to face anything because he was always, always facing it for me. Yeah. 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 Um, I had graduated high school last year and, I had to go off to college and leave the household. So mm-hmm. right when I left home and I moved into college, I had that's when I had Oh yeah. That is real. Wow. I, I that the stuff that my dad taught me, I actually put it into practice and I'm glad he taught me because I probably would have never made it through uh my there's, first two semesters without uh those wow. stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's a statistic that I think uh, Jared talked about in a few episodes, but like once people get to college, that's when they actually start losing their faith. So the, yeah, the fact that you did the opposite of that is really yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the majority of the reason people lose their faith is because they don't know how to handle they don't know how to handle spiritual warfare and it's hard. That's that tough. is so yeah, true. It is, and my dad taught me how to fight it, even though I never I never had to use it. It was always mm-hmm. in the back of my head, and I've always had yeah. the call and stuff like that. If it ever got too difficult for me to handle, yeah, that's awesome. So, and this might be a vague question or something along those lines, but how do you handle spiritual warfare, or how did you specifically handle it? So the way I handle it is, um, spiritual warfare is um, whenever I think about things, like say, like if I get angry at someone. Mm-hmm. I usually, in my head, I know, like, we all know right from wrong. We know if God, if God sees this as wrong or right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, do I want to please my flesh or do I want to please what God is doing? Yeah. I think about like, um, I think about, I just have God on my mind a lot. Like while I'm, (laughs) I'm, while I'm, I'm just like, just think about God. Like, that's that's what we got to do. Yeah, he want me to act. He wouldn't want me to act this way. And also, yeah. the way the way I feel like spiritual warfare kind of works is like it's easy. It's really easy. You have to battle a lot with yourself and your mm-hmm. like that. Like you can choose. You have a lot of choice whether you want to do something or not. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Knowing how to fight yourself and fight your own anger is has a lot to do with spiritual warfare. <sighs> Self-control, yes. That yeah. Is, man, definitely something we all have to learn. Yeah. And and even then, like, when we face the temptation, like, a lot of times, we talked about this in a previous episode of CODIS, is, you know, we, we know that it's a sin, but yet we continue to do it. And mm-hmm. I it's, think that- it's so – temptation is one of the hardest things to fight. Like, like if you don't have God, then you're not going to win the temptation. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's even difficult to fight it when you when you know God is with you. 
For and... sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just hard. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, if if it wasn't hard, then angels wouldn't have had to help Jesus after his three temptations in the desert. So, like, <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, but it's uh, I don't I don't know how people do it without God, man, in life. Because, like, I was telling my wife the other day, I was like, uh, you know, babe, if we didn't have the Bible as like our end all be all, I don't know how we'd ever quit arguing. <laughs> you know, but like that's just how it is. Like, because the Bible is our source of truth, we have something mm-hmm. to rely on. It's so, so easy to fall into the world too, because like oh, the yeah. world seems so fun. Like it really does. Mm-hmm. But once you're in the world, you realize, like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. one, one thing I've known, one thing I've learned is that the worldly desires and stuff that you want, and I've talked about this in one of my TikToks before, mm-hmm. only brings you temporary happiness. Exactly. It yes. It only That's brings a you t-shirt idea. Just a little <laughs> bit. A little bit of time. And yeah. Mm-hmm. God will bring you happiness for all eternity. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's a choice whether you want that temporary happiness or the eternity. eternity. Very true. Temptation can make you happy in the moment too, but like once that temptation's over, then you're like, yeah. "Wow, I am an idiot," you know. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. The happiness and fleet is fleeting, but I guess joy is everlasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if that's a quote or not, but uh, or if it we'll makes sense. We'll make it one. But... <laughs> Jared Montana, 2021. That's right. Um, but. Uh, any more questions for Loki, or do you want to just go ahead and dive into the continuation um, of the Matthew series? Let's see. So I saw that you play football, right? Do you play football in college at all? Um, yeah. I, so I graduated last year, and I went to a JUCO college. So JUCO? You're trying to make it to Division One, Two, Three. Um, Yeah. I, I went to – so, I went, so I'm, right now I'm transferring from the JUCO college to a D3 school, and I'm going to – um, I'm trying to play football and do track also. Ooh. What's, what school is it? Um, it's Juniata. I don't know where that is. I guess it's Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> yeah. um, good deal. I like that. So what position yeah. do you play? Um, All-American. In... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> football, I'm a corner and a receiver in track. Um, a mid- He's, one of the cool... He's one of the cool kids. Oh, I can tell already. Yeah, I uh, I never played football because I played baseball. My parents wouldn't, or my, rather, my mom wouldn't <laughs> play football because I was, I was always nice. tiny. Yeah, but I always wanted to. But uh, so, anyways, when I went to college, they had this flag football team or whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, and so I joined it. And then I was like you, uh, a corner and a, a receiver, and uh, and I, I just loved it, dude. Just I, I don't know. Uh, but it's anyways. way more fun with pads. I'll tell you what. Oh uh, well. Yeah. I, I'm too tiny to tackle, so I, uh, <laughs> I'd probably break in about a thousand pieces, especially at the collegiate level. Oh yeah, like oh dude, okay. So of course I'm from Georgia, right? And so I, I see Georgia play all the time. They've got big dudes, and like you, you think you get hit by one of those guys? Like I'm going to fly about 15 feet. Oh yeah, you yeah. know I want to take on Derrick Henry just once, just once. I want uh-huh. to take that man on. Uh-huh. You're asking for it. <laughs> 20 yard, let him just build up that speed and. Let me get him. Jeez, are you asking to die? Hey, I mean, no, but just just the experience, like. Yeah, well, I guess not many people say they can just get wrecked by Derrick Henry. Jeez, that's it. That is true. All right. Well, uh, any more questions for him, Cotus? No. All right. We jump into Matthew nine. Yeah, but uh, you guys did have one one question. Uh huh. It was the the question that says like, "What's your favorite or most used biblical lesson oh yes oh, yeah. yeah yeah 
you literally just said this like a few minutes ago, but it, I was gonna talk about like the forty temptation. I mean, not the forty temptation. The te- when the devil tem- tempted Jesus three times. Yeah, on- yeah. Talk about it. Tell us about it. Um, so every time the devil tempted Jesus, well, well, first in Ephesians six it tells us um, to if we feel tempted, how to, and it tells us how to fight spiritual warfare with our full armor of God and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it tells us when we feel tempted, go back to the scripture and use yeah. the sword because the Bible is our sword. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, yes. Uh, when Jesus was tempted by the devil, each every time Jesus responded to the devil, his response was yeah, he used scripture. quoted from scripture. Mm. Every that's single what we time. Gotta do. Yeah. And, wow. Yeah, so that's that's <laughs> also another way that I, use, I fight. I yeah. Fight. We can do we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That's right. Yes, we can. That's right. Yeah, can do what we can too. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's a really good thing. Just remember, like if you don't remember anything from like today, you can remember to fight your battles with Scripture, just as mm-hmm. Jesus did. You I know, like to I like to call the Bible the owner's manual. Yeah, exactly. It helps you get <laughs> how we get by. Yeah. I'm telling you, I don't understand how people get through life without it. I don't either. I really don't. Like, when I'm sad, I read. When I'm happy, I read. Like, when I need help with something, I read. I mean, I... Sometimes I, some I, people have a blindfold on them, though, and, you know... Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, man. It just doesn't... I don't, I don't get it, people. But that's just me. I also... Uh, <laughs> they fill their stuff with worldly things. That's how. Yeah. That's true. Which and then they got to keep doing if that you over fill and yourself over. with worldly things, you'll never, ever be fulfilled. You'll never be happy. Exactly. You'll always feel you'll empty. you always There's want this... more. You'll always want more. Uh, there yeah. was a, I don't remember what quarterback, I think it was Derek Carr, because he's a pastor too at his church sometimes. And he was talking about how he met with his quarterback. who's won many Super Bowls, you know, many MVPs, has lots of money. But the guy kept saying, like, I feel empty. Like, even after winning all this stuff, you know, being one of the best quarterbacks ever, he didn't name the quarterback, and I'm assuming it's Tom Brady. But, like, just how the quarterback kept saying, like, he felt empty, like he was missing something, even though he had so many Super Bowls and all this, you know. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of a, a, a scripture or a verse, and I can't remember the reference, but it basically says that we'll always have this this need in our heart, and it's be, mm-hmm. you know we're supposed to have Jesus fill it. Um, and I wish I remember where that was at, but that's so true. I think how, I read that not too long ago, actually. I'm trying to Google it right now, but I'm not. It's, I'm, it's not uh, popping up because it's got like ten verses on yada yada, and that's not what I need, obviously. But <laughs> um, so yeah, but like, there's so many times, like just like Loki was saying, you know, like so many materialistic things just. We think that's what we want, but then once we get it, it's like, okay, well, what's next? You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm looking for that next fulfillment or that next dopamine and serotonin release. So, and I guess Cheez that's it's. why we... That's always the answer. No, I'm kidding. Oh, dude, I love cheeses. Don't get, don't get me started. Dude, they're so good. <laughs> I used to sit down and eat a whole box. Just, I kid you not, just box. Dude, I'm telling you, the first layer, like, like as soon as you open the box, that first layer is the best. It's different. I don't know what it I, is. I, no, just... I'm right there with you. I don't know why. <laughs> So, um, I don't know if you guys know who It's Nate is on TikTok. Mm-hmm. He eats a lot of Cheez-Its, and he puts peanut butter on them, and I tried that. Oh, my goodness. Really? So good. Peanut butter, peanut butter and Cheez-Its. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. So good. I might have to try that, but at the same time, I feel like I'll let you just, you know, I'll let you do that. Well, they make, like, cra- like peanut butter and uh, cheese crackers. Like, it's true. You can buy something. And I like those, so I'm sure I'd like Cheez-It and peanut butter. Yeah. But... Cheez-Its are amazing. Peanut butter is amazing. Boom. That's true. Okay. 
All right. Well, with that being said, you're talking about cheeses and peanut butter. Let's dive into Matthew chapter nine. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't seen the previous episode or you listened to it rather, um, then just kind of recap a little bit. Jesus had a huge crowd following him. Uh, he ran into that Roman officer and he healed a servant. Um, and then Jesus jumped on a boat. He calmed the storm. I remember he was sleeping and then the disciples were scared and said, Jesus, wake up. We're about to die. Um, so he said, you know, don't be afraid. You have such little faith. And then he, uh, they landed on shore on the opposite side of the lake, and they cast some demons into some pigs, and then they ran, jumped off, fell into a lake, and, and drowned. And the pigs died. Exactly. Um, and, but now, starting off in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus just now hopped back into the boat after casting out those demons, and he went back to Capernaum, or Capernaum, however you want to say it. And, I think it's uh, Capernaum, I think. You don't quote I don't, me that. I don't know. I'm sure in, in Arabic or Greek. Why do all these names have to be so weird? Why can't they just speak <laughs> English? Like, way easier. Yeah, right? Why did the Tower of Babel have to happen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so um, dumb. I'm kidding. Yeah, but uh, so then once uh, Jesus gets back to the land of Capernaum, we'll just go with that. Um, some friends brought, or the friends of this paralyzed man brought the paralyzed man over to Jesus on a mat. And uh, then Jesus they said... lower him in? Uh, that's in a, a separate situation where like oh. they go to like this, this building, they tear the roof off and they drop the man. Yeah. Um, I'm <laughs> foreshadowing my bad. Um, <laughs> uh, but in this situation, they just brought a friend on a mat and, uh, and then he said, uh, you, well, rather Jesus just said, your sins are forgiven. And, but it's funny about this is the Pharisees actually overheard him say that. And they said to each other, uh, does he think he's God? Like that's blasphemy. And so Jesus, he didn't overhear them. Rather, he knew what they were saying, obviously, because he's God. Yeah. And, uh, and so he called them out and he said, why do you have such evil thoughts? And then. Who? you imagine being called out by Jesus? Like. Yeah. Ah, well, that's I, a straight conviction. Well, yeah. But I mean, I guess at the time, the Pharisees, you know, they didn't know that he was the Messiah. That's true. He was just that's some person. True. So it's probably like some like. In a minute, we'll talk about. I don't know if it's this episode or the next, but they uh, they call him like the prince of uh, what is it? Prince of the demons, and so basically they're calling him Satan. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, but uh, then he says, "Which would you prefer? Would you rather me say you're forgiven, or would you rather me say congrats, you're healed?" Because I mean, if you think about it, you know, I feel like healing somebody is a lot more difficult than saying you're forgiven. Um, yeah, and so Jesus, you know, was kind of pointing that out, and Jesus kind of got fed up with the Pharisees. He was like, "Fine, I'll just heal the man," and so he did. And uh, so then he got up, said, "Okay, get up and walk." And so he did. Um, really interesting. Uh, I guess that kind of gives Jesus more of a, a human-like persona to me, just because mm. you know he he just got fed up with the Pharisees and was like, you know, fine, I'll just heal a man out of spite. Jesus know? had some attitude. Like I'm telling you, what that man, he was sassy. He was yeah, really sassy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like he go. had some too. If you read some of like his quotes, I'm telling you, he was a white girl. <laughs> All right, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, you think about it, he definitely had some too, some attitude to him because I mean, he got angry. I don't blame the, him. Yeah, that's facts. But like, he got angry in the temple, you know, he started flipping tables and stuff. So, <laughs> I like, love that. Yeah, it just goes to show, which of course, that's righteous anger. So it's not a sin. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so like Jesus, I, I feel like a lot of people just view him as a God and less as a human. But he had a personality just like you and I do. Yeah, I read this quote that someone said Jesus never laughed, which I, huh? I, I disagree with that. Like, I feel like, you know, Simon and Andrew, they were popping jokes here and there. And Oh, you know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure he laughed at his cousin, John the Baptist, too. You know? Like, oh, yeah. Like, how do you weird. not? Yeah. How do you not laugh at your cousin? <laughs> Plus, that lives... He was a child once. 
That's true. Exactly. You know, all you think he just like didn't smile like when he yeah. was a kid? Yeah, he's not all busy. Mary's just like, lighten up, dude. No, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I doubt it. Um, oh, Loki, do you have you ever seen the the show The Chosen? Um, I don't think so. Oh, what? Okay, so do you know what do you know what it's about? No. Okay, so you gotta explain it to him. So basically, The Chosen is. And I'll preface it by saying this. I've seen a lot of Christian TV shows and a lot of Christian movies, and a lot of them have good intentions but are very subpar, and they Mm -hmm. don't do a good job. But this is a a new show, and it's free to watch. You can Google it. They have their own – they have an app. on an app. I don't know if you have an iPhone. What do you have, iPhone or Android? iPhone. So it's on the App Store. Just look up The Chosen, and pretty much every episode is free and everything. And it's such a good show in high production too. Yeah, it, it's, it it's so really good. quality. But, like, it basically just kind of tells the story of Jesus. And so it kind of starts off mm-hmm. by, like, you know, I guess it kind of, I mean, if you read any book of the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and, like, right now in Matthew, we're, uh, they're about to come out with episode six this coming up Wednesday, so in, like, six yeah. days. Um, but basically in the, uh, the storyline, they're up to, like, Matthew chapter nine-ish right now. And so, like, if you read through Matthew chapter nine, you'll see, like, all these – uh, miracles he performs all the storylines and like but the the chosen does a an incredible lead like really the really actors good job. are yes. so good like yeah. they are perfect for the role yeah like i'm I'm really picky on watching tv shows and i don't really mm-hmm. watch tv shows or movies that often but i make time to watch this and it's my favorite show like i i don't know i guess you have to know me to know that that means something but um it, it's a solid show which we highly recommend but i i ask because um i don't remember why i asked um Uh, i don't remember anyways it's fine we'll get back to Matthew chapter nine um i I, obviously something in in Matthew chapter nine sparked my thought of the chosen so i guess that's why but um so jesus was set up and they oh i guess it's because we're talking about the personality and so the chosen depicts their personalities really well um yes but then after that okay so after jesus healed this man that was on the mat this paralyzed man it says in verse eight that fear swept through the crowd so i mean you think about it and if, if th- this person comes to town, they don't know that he's the Messiah, right, necessarily. They probably think that he's doing some sort of witchcraft at this point. And so I'll, I'd probably be a little bit scared, too, I mean, realistically. But then here's what's really, really interesting is that right after that it says, but then they praise God for giving humans that authority. So it was interesting, though, because they're, they think that God gave this person the authority um, to, to heal this guy that was paralyzed. But rather, it was God that they were praising God, you know, for giving humans that authority. So it's kind of interesting, I guess. So let me ask you all a question. Why, uh, why do you, or rather, why would they be scared and then be praising God? Um, like w- within a span of minutes, like they're, they're, they're scared for their life and then they're praising God for their life. You know what I mean? Because they know God won't. Well, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like they were scared because they were surprised that that would happen. And then, I feel like they got scared that somebody had that much power and that mm. they were like, they don't have that power so that if they didn't praise them, Oh, if I don't praise him, he might do something to me. So let me pray. Oh, that's an interesting thought. I, I feel like that's if in that quick, like that quick and without yeah. like, knowing any context, I feel like that's the reason. Yeah. I, that might be, you might be a, might be right on that because i mean if they're praising god after being scared it's probably like oh i gotta praise god because he's gonna you know save me from this man right yeah that's kind of interesting 
Yeah. I mean, I, I looked at it kind of like this, which, like I said, you might be right and I could be wrong here, but I just thought it was like, you know, have y'all ever like almost gotten in a car wreck and then you get scared at first? Many times. Oh, don't say that now. But like you get, you get scared and then shortly thereafter you're relieved because like, wow, God delivered me from that. You know, yes. so yeah. I, I kind of thought it'd be like that, but I, which I say that now, but I guess it's kind of similar to what you're saying, Loki. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. I, I never realized that they were, you know, scared of Jesus and they praise God for giving humans that authority. But anyways, um, so then Jesus leaves that little area. He, he moves on, he's walking along and he comes across this guy named Matthew. And if you're reading the book of Matthew, you probably know who Matthew is. Um, he, so they walk by, he sees Matthew sitting in this tax collector's booth because Matthew was a tax collector. And so he literally just looks at him, says, come on, join the journey. And he says, come and be a, a, a disciple. And so Matthew then joins, joins along, um, which is at this point in the chronological order of Matthew, uh, the only people that have joined that the, uh, Matthew has spoken about, uh, joined with Jesus is James, John, Peter, and Andrew. Um, those are the only ones that have supposedly joined. And so he, he then asked Matthew, so now it's the five of them. Um, but uh, then once Matthew accepts the offer, he uh, invites Jesus and the disciples to dinner um, with him and a few of his other tax collector friends and stuff like that um, and other sinners. And so the Pharisees actually heard this kind of conversation, and or rather they saw Jesus eating amongst sinners. And it says that they judged him with, uh, sorry, they said that, the Pharisees judged Jesus because he was eating with scum. And that's what the Bible said was scum. And then Jesus then heard this and said, okay, well, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. So that's why he's explaining why he's with the sinners. Right. And, uh, and so later on it says, um, so he, Jesus is speaking. He says, I've come to, to call not the self-righteous, but rather those who think they are sinners. And so this kind of just goes to show that we need to acknowledge that we're sinful and that we're imperfect before, you know, we can, I guess, be saved. Does that make sense? We talked about in previous episodes how um, in order to be saved, you have to have belief that Christ is the Messiah and then, of course, be repentant of your sins. Um, So it just kind of, you know, more proof of that. Um, But any hoozles. So then right after that, uh, they leave that dinner and because the way this Matthew chapter nine and chapter 10 is kind of structured is it's literally event after event after event. Like people are stopping him nonstop. Right. And so as as soon as he leaves his dinner, people ask Jesus, they said, well, why don't your disciples ever fast? Because of course, back then in the old law there, it required a lot of fasting, you know, whether it be um, time for Passover or whatever else, you know, kind of holidays there were, people were always fasting much, very similar to like Islam and how they're always. I'm terrible at fasting. Yes, dude. I'm so bad at it. Like, um, oh, I love food so much, and it's so hard. <laughs> just like, I know God time is important, but I'm just so bad at giving up my food. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I gluttony. I know it's a sin, but, man. It's tough. It really like buffets, is. man. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> right. But uh, so that they asked, you know, why don't your disciples fast? And then he said, well, basically they don't need to because they are in the presence of Jesus but uh, he, he alluded with an analogy, right? So I'm just kind of making sense of the analogy with this. He says, but look, they don't necessarily need to because they're in my presence. But once I leave, that's when they'll need to fast. And so, um, which the disciples didn't necessarily understand what he was saying then, but they, of course, will after his, uh, his ascension back into heaven, after his crucifixion. Um, but moving on from that, 
um, he, they're walking along, and then a Pharisee or a leader of the synagogue uh, saw Jesus, and he says, look, I know that you can raise my daughter from the grave, because his daughter had just died. She's laying in her bed or whatever. Um, at this time that the the, uh, the leader of the synagogue found Jesus, they were actually already having a funeral procession for her in the house. And so he says, Jesus, I know that you can raise my daughter from the grave. And so Jesus was like, okay, well, let's go. And so he started walking that way to go uh, really raise this daughter from the grave. And then a woman um, that the Bible says had a bunch of faith said, surely if I just touch his robe, then I can be healed. Because this woman was having, I don't know if y'all uh, are familiar with any of you know, menstrual periods and stuff, but, um, no, I'm she, a guy. well, uh, I, <laughs> Loki, I have a little bit of a medical background, so I don't mind. Talking oh, that's about true. Stuff, but, yeah. You, you, um, uh, you probably know more about that because of that. Well, I'm not going to say I know a lot, but anyways, obviously it's not supposed to happen every single day, but it was for this woman for 12 years straight. And so she wanted to be healed because she was bleeding every single day. And so she said, well, surely if I just touch his robe, then I can be healed. So she believed. And so, of course, she found her way to Jesus. She touched his robe. And as soon as she touched his robe, Jesus turned around and, and uh, basically just healed her. And so if you I mean, hey, all you need is the faith the size of a mustard seed and you can move the mountain. Exactly. And you if, just believe if you keep reading through Matthew chapter nine, chapter 10, you'll see all these miracles. And he's mm-hmm. performing all these miracles for people that do believe. And he makes it an emphasis to show that it's because of their faith and because of their belief. Mm-hmm. And uh, so but skipping ahead with that but um so then they went on to to the daughter of the uh the leader of the synagogue or the pharisee right and so uh like i said a funeral it was in session at this point and uh jesus walked in he said everybody get out y'all relax she's just sleeping <laughs> and uh so let me ask you this so everybody knew that she was dead right this was an obvious funeral procession obviously something that happened she's probably gotten a little bit cold at this point mm-hmm. for them to know that it was a funeral procession for them to know that she was dead so why do you think Jesus used the verbiage that she's asleep? Because she will be wakened again once, you know, the time Ooh. comes. Okay. That's a good point. I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe uh, God, like, made her, like, I don't know, gave him, her, her a supernatural sleep or something like that, which is different from a normal sleep. Yeah, let Jesus get there. That's a good idea. Uh, Humans don't understand, I guess. Yeah, definitely. It probably could be. And of course, we all we know that, you know, God is um, all knowing and and all powerful. Right. So it's definitely possible that he was able to kind of use this situation or plan the situation out so that Jesus could come and and raise her, you know, back to life. Um, I I really like both of those answers. Um, We're just cool. What can we say? (laughs) Um, i like the creativity there i mean i thought of uh the verses that i I talked about in the one of the last episodes codis where thessalonians and corinthians uh it's first thessalonians chapter four where um the dead are referred to as being asleep and then also in first corinthians chapter 15 i think verse 52 something like that um says that again uh, the dead are referred to being asleep and so i wondered if this was just kind of using a sleep again as a term for death. So I was, I was kind of thinking maybe throughout, yeah, throughout maybe translations, like (laughs) she could have been in a coma too. Yeah, exactly. That's very true. Very true. But I mean, you also think about it. And like I said, like when somebody's dead, you kind of know, and I don't know, I don't know if y'all ever seen a dead body, but sadly I have. And so like when, when somebody's dead, you definitely know, like you see it in their eyes, they start to get cold, you know, like they start to stiffen up. Like it's kind of obvious. I don't know. I don't know how long she was dead for, um, but I imagine if there's already a funeral procession, that has been mm-hmm. quite a while. 
So uh, I have a question, just like sure. this is random. But like back then, before they knew about comas, like mm-hmm. did they bury people alive? Um. Well, like because obviously they would tax not taxidermy. That's not the right word. They would like whatever the morticians do. So like, how well, would you know? I, if... I don't know that they necessarily had morticians back then. Like they didn't have embalming fluid that they injected in people well, back then. The Egyptians they sort of did something. Yeah, they kind of, they mummified them. I don't remember the mummifying process, um, but I oh no 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 the mum, the mummifying process. I do know at some point they got like this needle, they stuck it up their nose and like pulled out all of their brains and stuff through their nose, um, and so I know that was part of their process. Um, I don't remember what the purpose was for, but obviously at that point they're gonna be dead dead. Like if you're digging in somebody's brain with a knife, yeah, usually um, yeah, <laughs> usually for sure. <laughs> um, so. I, I don't know. I want to say that maybe it's possible, but I really think like kind of going back to what I, I said before, like, yeah. you know, when somebody's dead, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've, I've talked about this a little bit before because uh, a bunch of, I know, atheists or non-believers will make the argument that Jesus wasn't actually dead when they took him off the cross. And so I've made it a point before where it was like, well, apart from a spear being in his side and all this other stuff, I mean, when you, you take somebody off the cross, which of course people are going to be the, the people that took Jesus off the cross, which I think it was, uh, was it Joseph anyways? And of course the Roman gods, guards that were right there watching it, of course, they're going to know what a dead body looks like. They're going to know that it looks stiff. They're going to know that it looks cold. They're going to know all these things. Cause they see it all the time. If they're used to crucifying people, they're going to see it all the time. And mm-hmm. so I really don't think that people were being buried alive quite that often. Um, but I mean, it's totally possible. I obviously don't know, but I would just think that it would, you know, they'd be smarter about it. But, uh, I don't know. So, but, uh, yeah. So he came and basically just said, you're asleep. So he walked over to her, grabbed her hand and she stood up and everybody flipped out. They're like, Whoa, she's not dead. (laughs) So, um, you know, just that's, I guess this is the first time that Jesus brought somebody back to life. Um, so. Oh, spoiler alert. He comes back to life. Oh, uh -oh. I hate to spoil it. I, I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but. Yeah, yeah, and a couple other people, too. He does some more along the way. <laughs> That's true, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, and then, uh, so he left there as soon as he left there, and two blind men uh, basically found him and, and said, hey, we're blind, can you heal us? And because they believed, he healed them. Um, and so then he, he said to these people, this is what's interesting about this encounter, mm-hmm. everybody else he's kind of like told everybody that he, they could go and tell people and whatnot, um, but these people he said, don't tell anyone. And, you know, it's kind of kind of weird because, like, they're blind, right? So, like, they obviously move and act blind. But, like, I feel like it would be obvious that they're no longer blind. Like, they, they wouldn't be bumping into stuff. They wouldn't be walking yeah. around with a little stick anymore. So, like, I, it's interesting to me that he and told. And looking at you, too. Like, yeah, yeah. And and I feel like the eyes would look different, too, because blind mm-hmm. people, they usually have, like. They can. Different and like eyes. If somebody found out, if somebody, or not even found out, somebody asked, like, did you not see that right? Th- like, are you not blind anymore? I wonder if they like, like, cause they're not supposed to lie either. That's yeah. true. Well, here's the thing is he said, he, he said, don't tell anybody, but what's the first thing they did? And if you look at the next verse, it says they went and told everybody. <laughs> so I wonder if he purposefully did that. Well, I don't, that's what I was about to ask y'all. Like, why do you think he said, don't tell anybody? Cause like I said, I feel like it would be obvious if they were here. When someone says, Hey, don't look behind you. You're going to look, you know, <laughs> that's true. Um, huh. I'm thinking I don't know. maybe if maybe for an ob- obedience or something. Yeah, 
I feel like it'd be pretty hard not to say like, "Hey guys, I can see now." Like you know, Jesus saved me. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, personal. Or he or yeah. Jesus could have did that because he was trying to be humble too. He maybe, humble. maybe, yeah. yeah that's actually, a good. That's yeah. a really good idea. Maybe he like he had he had done enough for the day. You know, like like, he's like <laughs> all right, let's calm down. I don't want anybody else chasing after me. Like, don't tell anybody, please. I, I think you're right, Loki. I think you're right. That makes a lot of sense. Because like I said, this is event after event after event. This, this man hasn't even slept. He tried to sleep on the boat, but his disciples wouldn't let him, you know? <laughs> um, so, they have like, little faith. Yeah, that's funny. Um, I definitely wouldn't have thought about that. But then, so like, uh, like we were hoping, you know, he could get some sleep. Uh, he doesn't get some sleep because on his way back, he, uh, he then cast out a demon. And uh, so then the Pharisees saw that uh, and they claimed that he was – uh, he was able to cast out demons to the people surrounding because they said that he was the prince of demons. Um, so kind of talk, kind of talked about it a little bit before uh, prince of demons means that they're calling him Satan. They're like, look, he can, he can control the demons because he's Satan himself. So uh, y'all better watch out for him. And uh, so then Jesus, it kind of skipped a little bit. It kind of, uh, I don't know how, like, have y'all ever noticed in the Bible, how like it'll finish that like story and then it'll go right into another story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, basically it did that. And then it just says that Jesus was speaking with his disciples. So I guess he finally made it back to his disciples and he just told the disciples to pray that more people get saved and make them our, or, and make our own disciples or go and make their own disciples. Um, but he didn't say it just like that. He actually said, I'm going to flip back to it and read it uh, word for word here. He actually said, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into the fields. So, he kind of did his typical Jesus thing where he was speaking in parables. Typical Jesus thing. Yeah. And, uh, but, and I, I, the Bible doesn't say whether they understood it or not, but I don't think they did because remember in Matthew 24, that's the great commission. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. I think that that's when it made sense what he was talking about here in chapter nine. So I think what he was telling them with this is like I said, Jesus is telling them the harvest is great. So there's plenty of people out there. But the workers are few. So, guys, there's only a few of us. So mm-hmm. pray, pray to the Lord who's in charge. So pray to God the Father of the, for the harvest and ask him to send more workers. So ask him for help. Ask him for, you know, more disciples and, and opportunities to impact the world for, uh, you know, God's glory. And so that we mm-hmm. can work the fields. And so, of course, that's asking for more, uh, more people to become saved. So, um, but, yeah, that's really how Matthew chapter 9 ended. It, uh, it, there's a lot of stuff in it. You know, a lot of it, it kind of progresses the story a little bit because in the next chapter it starts out like um he's talking it's basically the, a motivational speech to the disciples to go out and make disciples right or rather prepare the way not necessarily make disciples um and so he kind of just tidies it up there at the end and says you know it's kind of like leaning into matthew chapter 10 so uh, does anybody have any thoughts or questions no no so Loki, I'll ask you, and it's it's okay. You don't have to tell the truth now. How'd you how'd you feel being on the the podcast and and uh, you know like would you do it again? Um. So before I even got on the podcast, I was, oh, he's gonna say no. no I'm I, was, <laughs> I was a little nervous. I was like, I don't know if I really want to do this because yeah, I don't know. I'm not really like that type of person mm-hmm. to like do like live stuff and stuff like that. Yeah, but, like I actually like. I turned out. It turned out that I really liked it, and I I would definitely do it again. It's it's fun. We'd love uh, to have you again. Good deal. Like that. 
It was sweet. Yeah, we. I, I actually really appreciated your input. That uh, there's a lot of or wisdom um, that you you put out. Um, you taught me something, so I appreciate you joining on, and and we re- we really do appreciate your time. Uh, I know you didn't have to to join on this this episode for four to five minutes, you know. <laughs> so you took a lot of time out of your day, and I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so, for inviting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you've seen an episode or not of uh of this. I guess of our podcast, but what we do is we'll close out in prayer and then we say a couple of words at the end and it's Godspeed. So I'll, uh, I'll ask Codus to pray in a minute and then I'm going to ask you to close it I out with Godspeed. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Codus, go ahead and close us out in prayer. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here, Lord. Uh, thank you for letting a uh, low key be able to come on our podcast, Lord. We'd love to have him again, Lord. Um, I bless, I bless him, Lord. Every time he steps out of bed, you know, just let him know that you're there, God. And every time, you know, he faces any battle, Lord, you are there with him. You are right next to him, God. Uh, that goes with anybody, God. Um, I pray for everybody. It's getting hot out. Uh, I heard in Arizona it's 120 degrees, Lord, so I'm praying for everybody over there because that's hot, God. Um, let's see. Yeah, God, uh, just thank you for everything you do, God. Bless everybody who listens to this, and yeah, amen. God, I'm going to add it to the prayer real quick, and okay, I really okay. just want to thank you for for, for Loki and him giving him the willingness to join our podcast god thank you for really allowing him to be open with his his uh his past and with how he is raised and with his faith um i pray that you can use his story as well as ours and our podcast to reach people uh, i pray that you can use us to impact your kingdom uh in some way form or fashion in pop but god again thank you for for him and for all that he's doing to impact your kingdom thank you for blessing him in the ways that you have and uh, I pray that you continue to help him throughout our moments of temptation. Uh, with that being said, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, Loki, do you remember the, the words? The words? Yeah, close it out with a good old Godspeed. Um, I don't, I'm not sure what you mean by that. You just, you just like, it, what does it mean? It means like, Godspeed means like, till I see you again, pretty much. It's like another form of amen. Yeah. Godspeed just sounds cool. It's always something we just say at the end of our episode. (laughs) Yeah. So the way it started, yeah, Godspeed. So like the way it started was like back in, I want to say like olden days. I don't know. Um, But basically it was a a way of saying like, I guess a form of like good luck, but rather because people were were more spiritual, they would say Godspeed because they're, they're by saying that they're hoping that God blesses them on their journey. And so that's why we like to end it with that. So it's like, well, we hope God blesses your the rest of your day and so on. So, okay, all yeah. Right. May the Lord bless all of you listeners. And amen. Amen. <laughs> that'll work. That'll work. <laughs> all right. Well, again, we appreciate your time and uh, thank you for joining us. But with that being said, Godspeed. <laughs>